This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Northwest Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth, according to the New Testament. Come worship with us Sunday mornings at 1030 at 1708 Elm Springs Road in Springdale, Arkansas. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for the prayers on my behalf. So last week, David spoke on being disciples of Christ. And today I want to touch on that a little bit more. The title of the lesson today is Follow Me. You see, I don't want you to get the wrong idea from the title. I'm not asking you to follow me, but Jesus is calling you to follow him. Before putting this lesson together, I thought I knew what it meant to be a follower of Christ, when in reality, I completely missed the mark. It's not just posting some picture online with a scripture as a caption, hashtag blessed, or just being at church every, week, every time the doors are open. There's a lot more to it than that. So this lesson is for everybody. It's for the new Christian all the way to the much older, mature Christian. So whether you walk with the Lord for six months or 20 years, I hope this lesson benefits you as it has me and comes to you as a reminder what it means to truly follow Jesus. In today's social media-driven society, we hear it all the time, follow me. Follow me on Instagram, follow, friend me on Facebook, subscribe to my YouTube channel we, and, or some other social media platform. We get bombarded by people wanting us to follow them. But, but Jesus calls you to follow him as well. And it's not like following someone online for that's passive. You're following them from the comfort and safety of your couch or bed. Jesus has called us to be an active follower of him, walking right beside him, loving what he loves, bearing what he bears. So what does it mean to truly follow Jesus? Jesus in the scriptures gives us eight different instances where he called us to follow him. First and foremost, following Jesus is our means to salvation. John 1.43, the day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and said unto him, follow me. When Jesus went around calling his disciples, it says that he found Philip and said unto him, follow me. Jesus has come to you and calls you to follow him as well. Just as Jesus found Philip, Jesus is looking for you. As in the parable of the lost sheep in Luke 15, the Bible says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if you lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. You see, at one point we were all that one lost sheep. But you see, in all of life's troubles, Jesus goes before us as our guide, our example, our consoler, our friend, our great shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd seeking us, calling us to follow him to salvation. Following Jesus also means focus. Jesus calls us to focus on him. In John 21, Jesus told Peter of the death that he would endure, of how when he was young, he was able to dress himself and how he could go wherever he pleased but said there was coming a time where, where he would stretch his hands and someone else would dress him and carry him where he didn't want to go. John 21, 19, this spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. 
Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which was John, which, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. You see, when Peter saw John following them, he asked Jesus, What about him? What is he going to do? And Jesus said, If he should be alive until I return, what is that to you, Peter? You follow me. You see, Peter was so caught up in what John was going to be doing, what his work was going to be, what was going to happen to him. And oftentimes we get sidetracked as well in what others are doing in the kingdom, that we lose focus of our main business, and that's Jesus. We need to look upon our Lord and not upon another man's business. Though we often get curious of other people's matters, Jesus reproves that, as we just read about here with Peter. It doesn't matter what the other man may be called to do or not to do. What is that to you? You follow Jesus. You focus on Jesus. Following Jesus means separation. Jesus calls us to separate ourselves from this world and to follow after him. This is something that is definitely easier said than done. Oftentimes, it's very difficult to separate ourselves from this world. You see, Jesus came across three men that had the opportunity to follow Christ, but instead they gave him excuses. Luke 9, 57-62, the Bible says, And it came to pass that as, as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But Jesus said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus saith, said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. But first let me go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. You see, the first man said, I will follow you wherever you go. And then Jesus kind of questions him, and questions him a little. And he then says, the foxes have holes, the birds have nests, but I, the son of man, have not even a place to lay my head. I don't know about you, but that kind of sounds like a challenge. Like he's saying, hey, you want to follow me? Are you sure about that? Let me, okay, let me tell you what to expect. You're going to have nothing in this world. Jesus then turns to another man and calls him to follow him. But this man says, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. Here Jesus was talking about the spiritually dead. Let the dead spiritually bury the dead physically. Or in other words, let worldly offices be left to worldly people. Go and preach the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said. And then a third man speaks up saying, Lord, I will follow thee. But first, let me go say bye to my, fa my family and friends. But Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You see, plowmen back then, whenever they started plowing, they had to concentrate on the task at hand. The only way was forward and not being distracted what was behind them. You see, if the plowman began to look back at what was behind, their lines would be all kinds of crooked and wouldn't produce a full harvest. The same is for us. We are called to bear much fruit, the Bible says. But if we keep looking back at our old lives, we won't produce a plentiful harvest. What these men were doing, they were making excuses to not follow Jesus right away. These men weren't ready to separate themselves from the world. 
do any of these men sound like you? Maybe in a way, but it's not that we desire to avoid the right things and not follow after Jesus. But what we're saying when we say, suffer me first to take care of myself, then I'll follow you. Suffer me first to take care of my household, then I'll follow you. Or suffer me first to take care of my business, then I'll follow you. We're saying, suffer me first to do the lesser in this world, then I will be ready to do the higher. That's what we're saying. We're putting ourselves or others ahead of Christ. Who he should be like is Elisha when he was told to follow the prophet Elijah. You see, Elijah found Elisha plowing his field, and when he told them to follow him, what Elisha did next was amazing. In 1 Kings 19.21, And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. You see, Elijah burned his livelihood, his income, his business, all to follow the prophet Elijah. I'm not asking you to burn anything down, but what is hindering you from separating yourself from the world and following after Jesus? Following Jesus also means self-denial. Probably one of the more unpopular things in Christianity, denying yourself. And also probably one of the most difficult as well. We are to renounce the world and its worldly delights. Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You see, we, we must deny our own wisdom, our own will, our own mind, our own pleasures. That's, this is what I believe drives many from true Christianity. We must reject our old lifestyle and walk in the newness of life. We must give up the quote-unquote good things in this life for everlasting glory with Christ in heaven. A hymn in our book goes like this. I work so hard for Jesus, I often boast and say, I've sacrificed a lot of things to walk the narrow way. I gave up fame and fortune. I'm worth a lot to thee. You see, while it may be difficult to deny yourself at times, know that, it's, that, that they are made easy because all things are possible. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Paul wasn't talking about being able to literally do anything. What he was saying is that he could endure any trial, any temptation, subdue any evil tendency, not by his own ability, but by the strength that Christ gives him. And plus, it's, everything's term, uh, temporal. 2 Corinthians 4.17, For our light affliction is but for a moment, worketh for us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Self-denial is not just a one-time thing. It's an everyday occurrence. The Gospel of Luke puts it this way, And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Daily, it says. Bearing this cross is an everyday occurrence. Every morning you get out of bed, you must bear your cross. It's a call to absolute surrender. All to Jesus I surrender. Humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus. Take me now. Is this your song? Are you ready to die to self, forsake all worldly pleasures, and surrender your life to Jesus and follow after him? Following Jesus also means dedication, devotion, commitment. Many of us know the story of the rich young man, of how he came to Jesus and asked, What good thing must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, if you would keep the commandments, you will have everlasting life. 
And the young man asked, which one? And then Jesus listed them off. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said that he had kept these from his youth up. So what am I missing, he asked. Matthew 9, 21, Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Jesus told the young man to sell all that he had, and to dedicate his life to Jesus and his teachings and follow after him. But of course, sometimes it's easier said than done. The young man loved his possessions more than the Son of God. The Bible says that he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This also reminds me of a time in history when the Spanish were trying to conquer the Aztecs. In 1519, Spanish conquistador Hernán Cortés issued a rather interesting order to his men. He, he said he, the order was to burn the boats. If they were going to leave, they were going to leave in the enemy's boats. He wanted his men to realize they had no opportunity to retreat. There was no plan B. Failure was no option. Do you think these men became dedicated to the mission? <laughs> I would think so. But I'm not asking you to get up and sell everything you have. Or maybe you need to get up and sell some things. A good example of this is weight loss. One thing about weight loss, it's, it's hard. It's a lot more difficult when you know you have a box of Twinkies, Oreos, candies in the pantry waiting for you to slip up. And before you know it, you've ate the whole box of Oreos, candies, or whatever. In order to be dedicated to weight loss, you need to separate yourself from the junk food and replace it with healthy snacks. You're more likely to be committed this way. Following Jesus requires this level of commitment. We need to get rid of the quote-unquote junk food in our lives and replace it with the Word of God. So what are you dedicating your life to? Following Jesus also means work. Something, something that nobody wants to do anymore, it seems like. It's all about how can I make the most money with the least amount of work. You see, something about the Bible, God doesn't encourage laziness. Proverbs 21, 25. The desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hands refuse to labor. Or Proverbs 13, 4. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Also, if you never noticed in the Bible, whenever someone was called to do God's work, they were working. For example, Mo, for example, Moses was keeping Jethro's sheep, David his father's sheep, Saul was seeking after his father's donkey, Elijah, as we just read, was plowing his field. And we also have Peter and his brother Andrew, they were laying nets when they were called to work for the kingdom. Matthew 4, 18, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Jesus saw these men fishing, and though they were busy at their everyday work, Jesus called them to a higher work, called them to be fishers of men, in other words, to win souls for Christ. This isn't a call to leave your job, but to, follow, but to set your priorities straight. Oftentimes we miss this call because we overwork ourselves. You see, a man may miss the beautiful sunset over the mountain because he's so busy working on the trail. But we all have our role to fill, our job to do, our part to play. For some, it might be preaching the word to others, going on faraway mission trips. To some, teaching the children at home. 
For others, it's counting the offering after service, greeting the visitors, visiting the sick, or leading songs during service. But whether it's out in the workforce or in church, it's all about what's the minimum effort I can put in and the most I can get out. Jesus doesn't call us to be passive. He calls us to be active. Many may have heard of the 80-20 rule where 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Is this true for you? Are you part of the 80% that lets the 20% do 80% of the work? Following Jesus means imitation. We are called to imitate and follow after Jesus. John 12, 26. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there also will my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Serve here doesn't mean to be a slave to someone, but to minister unto them, to assist them. In other words, being obedient to Christ's commands and conforming to his character. Think of a child learning to talk. By watching and hearing you talk, they learn how to talk. So by seeing and attending to Christ's needs, we learn how to be more Christ-like. But of course, it's a lot more difficult because most of us have learned have already learned to imitate those around us instead of learning to imitate Jesus from a very young age. We must put off that old former self and replace it with a new man, Colossians 3, 9. Lie not one to another, seeing that you put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. You see, I can tell you a thing about imitating someone and following in their footsteps. Having an older brother, I looked up to him in every aspect to what sports he played, what shows he watched, what music he listened to, to even how he dressed. But following Jesus is not like following my brother because my brother, he's fallible. You see, after mom passed, I was still very young and impressionable. And my brother being a lot older, he began drinking and partying and so forth. And guess who was right next to him? I was. I was trying to be like my older brother. You see, we were headed somewhere dark. But, Jesus, but following Jesus won't lead you down the path my brother was leading me. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Let us follow Jesus and walk in the light. Let us imitate him. Do what he, do, do what he does. Bear what he bears and love what he loves. Following Jesus also means you following him. Jesus is calling you to follow him. In John 6, after Jesus had said some hard sayings, many of his disciples turned and no longer walked with him. He then turned to the twelve and asked him, Will you also go away? And then Peter rose up and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Following Jesus is a decision you have to make. It's not something your parents can make or your spouse can make for you. It's something you have to do for yourself. So will you be like the disciples who turned and no longer walked with Jesus, or will you be like Peter in the 12? Jesus said in John 14, John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the light, oh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's no other way to the Father but by only following after Jesus. Now that we studied about what it means to truly follow Jesus, now we also need to consider what it cost us to follow him. 
Luke 14, 28, For which of you, intending to build a tower, um, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether ye have sufficient to finish it? I can definitely attest to this. You see, there's a corner in the back of my uh, dad's backyard with a bunch of half-done and abandoned projects that me and my brother have started but never finished. It's either because we didn't have the money or the resources, we just didn't count the cost of our time, our money, or the materials. Following Jesus is going to cost you as well. Following Jesus may cost you relationships. My family doesn't like me going to church. It really upsets my father and mother. None of my friends want to hang out with me anymore. It's, uh, following Jesus will cost you hardships. My coworkers will think I'm strange. I won't be as popular. Following Jesus will cost you material things. Giving to the Lord as I should will cost too much. Following Jesus will cost you your time. I, I don't have time to study, meditate, and pray every day as I should. Plus every Sunday morning, evening, and Wednesday nights too. But know that the cost of not following Jesus is greater than the cost of following Him. If we don't follow Jesus, the Bible says we'll lose our soul. In Matthew 16, 26. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? To lose your soul means to be cast away, to be shut out, however, however you want to put it. And there's nothing you'll be able to exchange your soul for afterwards. Is this a price you're willing to pay? We also won't have the love of God. John 3, 16 through 18, the Bible says, For God to love the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. God loved us so much, even while we were sinners, he sent his only Son to die on the cross for us. And when we don't believe and follow after Christ, we won't have everlasting glory. But the Bible says we'll be condemned instead. Is this a price you're willing to pay? He'll say he never knew us. Matthew 7, 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What a scary thought to think. Jesus to say in that day, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who practice evil. Is this a price you're willing to pay? So count the cost. Count the cost of following Jesus and make certain you're able to finish the course. And then count the cost of not following Jesus. While it may be easier to follow Je not follow Jesus at times, know that the end is death. Just to do a quick recap, Jesus calls us to salvation, to focus on Him, to deny yourself, to dedication, dedicate your, your life to Him, to work, to imitate Him, and to follow Him. If you're not following Jesus, then who are you following? As we sing the invitation song, think on the words, I have decided to follow Jesus, the world behind me, the cross before me. Though none go with me, I still will follow. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Have you decided to follow Jesus? Have you left this world behind you? Are you ready to carry your cross? 
If you haven't made the decision to follow Jesus, why don't you make that choice today by being baptized into Christ for the remission of sins? And if you have been following Jesus and feel you're lacking in one of these areas, surely one of the brothers can assist you by making, just make your request be made known by coming to the front row as we stand and sing the song that's been selected. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from God's Word. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Christ, send us a message at facebook.com slash cfcnwa. To find more sermons, look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and like our Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and God bless.